Hey guys, Tom Ulrich and Sean Quigley here from the podcast What's Going On Here? You can find us on iTunes, Google Play, SoundCloud, Stitcher, and TuneIn. And to get in touch with us, uh, just go to our Facebook page and leave a message or email us at what's going on here podcast at gmail.com. Thanks for listening, guys. to another episode of What's Going On Here. My name is Tomo Lovrick, also known as T-Love. And with me, as usual, I have the man of the hour, the tower of power. He joust wants to make you cheer. The Lord <laughs> Chancellor himself, young <laughs> Mr. Sean Quigley. Wow. Also known as the Quig. Yeah, this is getting... This is getting each week. This is getting more and more. This I, I, you should see me outside of this room. I leave and I'm just. I become a completely unreasonable person. <laughs> you inflate my ego to a point where I can't operate in normal society anymore. Well, uh, hey, don't you know who I am? Exactly. Have <laughs> you been not listening to the podcast? We have twelve listeners. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Nice, very good. How are you, sir? I'm pretty good. Pretty good. Uh, Yeah, I feel uh, feel nice. Lovely autumn day we're having today. It is. It's nice to be able to finally, you know, I've got like a kind of a nice temperate thing going on in my car. My car doesn't have AC, but so it's nice. So I've been, you know, windows open. It's kind of reached the point now where I'm like, oh, I can. Wait a minute, your car doesn't your car know who you are? I I I know, I know, I know. Um, But I can put the windows up. And, you know, it's not too hot. Although I found the other day, because because I've been so used to having the windows down to have air in, I was driving on the highway for, for a fair while, and I had the windows up because it was kind of cool outside. Sure. But it was... So the car became warm, not hot, but warm enough that it became cozy to a point where I felt myself kind of like falling asleep <laughs> at four o'clock in the afternoon. Just like a cozy little... Oh, ooh. <laughs> That's nice. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. So watch out for me, state police. <laughs> <laughs> nice. I'll be the sleepy one. Heads up, heads up. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> so, folks, uh, for those of you that don't know, uh, our show has a fairly simple format. We watch a TV show that or film that hardly anybody's heard of before, and if it's a foreign language one, we turn off the subtitles. We watch the middle twenty minutes of it, and mm-hmm. then we try to figure out what's going on here. And at the same time, we review local eateries. And local brew when possible. Mm-hmm. And speaking of which, so today we are reviewing uh, the show. It's a, a, a Chinese TV show called Love Through Millennium 2. And it was episode 1. Mm. And we are reviewing uh, Bartolomeo Deli from Englewood, New Jersey. And our brew, which we should get to right away anyway, because... Let's face it, this really what it's all about, isn't it? Oh, yeah. We have, uh, from Duclos Brewing Company, Sweet Baby Jesus Chocolate Peanut Butter Porter. Mm-hmm. Young, young Quig uh, picked this out for us uh, according to a recommendation. Is that correct, Yes, sir? I was, um, I received a recommendation. I was at a soiree um, oh. earlier on in the week. That's pronounced soiree. Uh, oh, yeah, soiree. Um, and they had, there was a spread of uh, different drinks and foods and things there. Um, it was kind of a theatrical social thing. Okay. And um, it was a fundraiser. 
And uh, someone I was drinking stuff, and someone there said to me, because I was having a porter, a coffee uh, porter, and they said, I heard, I had the most amazing porter the other day. It was called uh, Sweet Baby Jesus. It was very, very nice. Uh, and uh, I remembered it in my brain okay. without realizing. And then I went to the shop today to look for something and saw this and went, ah, there you are. Yeah, you get chocolate. That's interesting. I get very peanut buttery. You're not chocolatey. Butter? I'm getting the cho- well. My sense of smell is really not very good, so I'm going to I'm going to get the taste and not the flavor. Oh. You know what I mean? No. <laughs> you don't know what I mean. The taste and not the flavor. Interesting. Yes, taste is <coughs> taste buds. Flavor is connected to the olfactory. Oh. And so if you can't smell, oh, I mean, a lot of it is. Oh, wait, there you go. It's still not going to work because you get the fumes come up through your mouth, but you get more of the mm. chocolate now. I mean, I can get the peanut sure. butter, <clears throat> but it's, uh, I definitely get the chocolate. Very peanut buttery to me. Mm. Well, what do you know? Someone took a Reese's peanut butter cup and made a beer out of it. Interesting. I wonder how they did that. How they did what? Made it taste like this. How, pe- how do you make a peanut taste in a beer? <laughs> Wait, just filled it with peanuts. How do you even do it? <laughs> <laughs> Wait, did you say peanut? You said peanuts, right? Yeah. Okay, oh, okay. yeah. Oh, oh. Uh, just checking. <laughs> oh, yeah. I know how to do the other thing. <laughs> Before we get all the silver beavers and butt head here. Oh, peanuts. Mm. Oh, <laughs> peanuts. Yeah, so, um, well, that's nice. And you know what, too, it's not, I mean, well, I guess that's part of the whole, like, brewing thing, but, like, with porters, you usually expect them to be very heavy, mm. and this is, like, chocolate peanut butter, this isn't particularly heavy. No, it's not. It's kind of an easy drink. Mmm. It's actually, yeah, it's really quite light, surprisingly. Um. I mean, it's 6.2% ABV. Well, let's see what Untapped has to say for the IBUs. It's not particularly bitter. I mean, it's kind of malty. Yeah. Uh, let's see. Sweet baby. Jesus, there it is. 53 IBUs. Okay. No, I mean... Hmm. It's kind of nice. I mean, this is... I'm, I, you know I, what? Actually, you know what? This beer would go really good with. And, I mean... Uh-huh. I guess it's advertising. I'm not much of a sweets person mm-hmm. to begin with. And generally, if I do have, um, it's kind of like a, 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 the weather's getting cooler, so I'm looking forward to having coffee now in the morning. Yep. Because I only drink coffee in the cool or the cold months. When it gets hot, it's like the last thing I want is anything hot. You know, uh-huh. Soup, coffee, forget it. I don't want any part of it. Um, so when I have sweets, I usually, I'll have coffee. If I have sweets, I'll have coffee because I don't generally drink. Uh, I, I drink coffee straight. I don't drink sugar, no cream, mm-hmm. you know, just straight coffee to kind of tone down the sweetness of things. 
And my one thing that I like, enjoyed this time of year, believe it or not, is the um, pumpkin cheesecake from the Cheesecake Factory. Huh, interesting. It's like really the only cheesecake from the Cheesecake Factory that I like to eat. Uh-huh. And I think this would go really well with the pumpkin cheesecake. Interesting. Yes. Ooh, what, what a what a detailed suggestion. Yes. Hmm. <clears throat> I mean, they used to have a, 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 a lemon cheesecake and a key lime cheesecake. And the key lime cheesecake was so tart, you could barely eat it. And I mm-hmm. like, if I'm going to have dessert, I prefer the tart dessert. Yep. And the lemon cheesecake was almost like perfect. Yep. And then I guess to kind of, I guess they thought it was redundant or whatever, they kind of got rid of the lemon and they made the key lime sweet. Uh, which kind of ruined the key lime completely for me yeah. because I'd rather have like three bites of the super tart stuff than the sweet stuff that's not you know if it's key lime I expect it to be tart. Yeah, I agree with you that I'm I'm not a huge key lime fan or lime like that. I like limes, actual limes. Right. I like sour. Sure. So yeah, I like it if it's lime and it's got tart then that's nice. But for me, actually, if something's lime and it has sugar with it, it's sugary and lime. It makes me feel sick, actually. I really don't like it. I think it's very horrible. That's the only time I want to actually see that is if I'm having like a sorbet. Mm. But at the same time, it has to be tart. Yeah. I don't know if you've ever seen it. Like they'll have them in the Italian restaurants or the Portuguese restaurants where they have the lemon and they scoop it out and then like basically make a sorbet and stick it back in and serve it to you on a plate. And so you're kind of having lemon sorbet. Mm-hmm. And those are great when they're tart, but when they're just like sweet, it's just like... Okay, you just gave me sugar ice here, and yeah. it's really like because you, you then you can't taste the lemon anymore mm-hmm. because it's not tart, and it's just like ah, what's this for? So, yeah. but yeah, I would think this would be a very nice beer with the uh, pumpkin cheesecake. Hmm, makes sense. Which it is, really smells very strongly of peanut butter. Yeah, yeah, it does. Well, I, to me, like I said, I can I can make out the because of my anosmia, I can make out the. Um, peanut butter taste, mm. but the first thing that hits me is the chocolate. Interesting. Interesting. I don't get that. And I don't know if that's more a be- function of the malt than anything else. Yeah. You know what I mean. Then again, you, you, poor you. You 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 know you've lived all your life in America, so your concept of chocolate is very different from my Not European happens. concept of. Well, a lot of your life. Yeah, a lot of my life. A lot of your life. I know European chocolate. No, I guess you do. That's true, but. I don't know. I, I I always I feel so sorry for Americans and their but, chocolate but you know seeping what? in. I feel like you can't live here and not and like Hershey's just kind of like no awful. It's the go-to. So everyone uses Hershey's for everything. It's awful. To me, that tastes like no no no. You want this was one of my favorites was um, there's a German company and they there used to be a knockoff. They were probably licensed or we were thinking for the mm-hmm. Uh, a German uh, company, I think it's German, not Swiss, German, Ritter. Ritter is the company. Yes, I know. They might yeah, Dutch. Yeah. And they have a whole line of little chocolates. Yeah. And they have the Ritter Sport, which is oh, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. I know hazelnuts. Mean, the like squares. Raisins, the they're squares. Like, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I got one like in the fridge. Oh, they're nice. That, that's like my, well, like I said, again, not a sweet guy, but like I'll, I'll have that in the fridge and that'll last me for a month or something like that because I'll have a peg a day, that kind of stuff. That's good. That was, uh, uh, I love that one. Um, Tavarone's when I was a kid. Oh, uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Those were like, uh, those to die for. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm trying to think what else. I love the Jaffa cakes. Yeah, I've never been a fan of Jaffa cake. The orange yeah, does not belong with chocolate. 
<laughs> my wife is the same way. Fruit and chocolate just don't go together for her. Yeah. But the one that I used to love that they used to make, um, and uh, they were called, uh, loosely translated, honey hearts. Hmm. Or honey hearts. And it was basically like this uh, 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 ginger biscuit that they filled the middle with like honey and then put chocolate around it. Hmm. And that's very, very tasty because you get the ginger and you get the you know, the spice of the, the, the heat of the ginger, mm. and you get the chocolatey coating, and then, like, this little, like, honeyed center. I used to like that, too. Mm, okay. Yeah. Okay. That's such a like ginger. And then, and then when, when I first came, well, not first, when I first met my wife, I should say, her dad absolutely adored it, so that's what we would get, and then, like, I would have once in a while the Cadbury's uh, fruit nuts bar. Yeah. Which I when when I was in England, I the idea of cabbage fruit and nut was like, Ugh. but now I'm here. Like if someone gave me fruit and nut now, I'd be oh, that'd be wonderful. <laughs> I'd love that. Well, that's why you, you go to Fairway to get all those European chocolates now. Yeah, have, sort of. But they're small though. They're little. They're like little bars. You can't get like big old bars in England. You get like big old bars of dairy milk. <laughs> the big bars and. To be fair, they even dairy milk changed um, half a year ago as well. Anyway, they were bought by an American company and they changed the recipe. It's still great, but it's not as it's not the same. The, the odd thing is with those, uh, 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 it's less milky. They like took down the milk content. I'm sure just put more cocoa in or something. Well, well I, I don't know if we talked about this on the show, but it's like with the different markets, they do it differently. Mm. And I went with a buddy up to Montreal, and like we stayed at a sister's house. And the only, the only beer she had in the fridge was Budweiser. And, you know, and my buddy who's from Montreal, he's like, here. And me and my other friend, Brian, we're just like, ah, nah, I don't know about that, dude. He's like, no, try it. It's different than American Bud. We're like, what? It's like, we're literally like an mm. half an hour, hour away from the border. Why would it be different? But sure enough, it was different. And it's because they actually showed a commercial the other day, and, and my wife saw it. And she said, like, oh, all natural, they're advertising Bud. All natural ingredients like water, barley, hops, rice. It's like rice. What? The, what? <laughs> why are you putting rice in beer? But that's what, like Steve had said years ago. He said like the problem with the American beers and why you know you have no like your Coors Light, all these like mass-produced beers taste like piss water is because to save money instead of putting barley in, they put rice. Yeah. And that's why there's really no flavor because the rice is you know it's stripped and there's not in barley. I mean. If you ever had a difference in just like even like you know ground meat with rice or or beef with barley, yeah, it's you know day and night in terms of flavor and how much like intensity is, and that's one of the reasons why. We... So I think with the chocolates is the same thing. They'll either make stuff like super sweet or just mm -hmm. yeah. That makes sense. So, but anyway, they can so, do some things right. That reminds me, actually, I had um, <clears throat> we should. Take a research trip at some point. Um, yeah, yeah. I had one of the best Guinnesses I've had in a long time, years, um, the other day. Okay. Uh, in um, East Rutherford. Okay. Of all places. Yeah. Uh, a friend of mine who I do my show with, yeah. uh, his mother owns a pub in East Rutherford that used to be part of a larger chain throughout the area. And now there's only two of them left, called the Blarney Stone. Oh, I've heard of the Blarney Stone. Mm, okay. Irish pub. Right. And uh, 
amazing, amazing, amazing Guinness. Like they do it right. They do it like like you should do it. Do like they in import it? Yeah, well, they have to. All Guinness comes from Dublin now. That's the only place in the world that makes it. Oh yeah. Yeah, there's a, the, back in the you know a few years ago there were more breweries, but now St James's Gate in Dublin is the only brewery in the world for Guinness. Okay. So it's all imported. Okay. But um, it's hard to get it done properly. And, and it really changes the taste. Sure. Um, but they do, they do it perfect. It's brilliant. It was such a good Guinness. It was amazing. Oh, really, well, really I think good. you're right. We might have to do exploratory. Very nice. Sure. Also had food there, which is amazing. You would love. Okay. I had this this food called the Nutty Irishman, that was. Um, what was his name? <laughs> it was it was rare, uh, it was rare, roast beef. Okay. Um, in garlic bread. Okay. With horseradish. Okay. And um, a whole bunch of cheese. Okay, I'm already hungry. <laughs> <and> we just <laughs> ate. <laughs> oh, it is so good. Oh my goodness. <laughs> <laughs> I just said, like, my mouth is bad. <laughs> my mouth is salivating. I'm like, you said roast beef yeah. and horseradish? Wow. <laughs> yeah. Oh, it was good. Yeah, it was really good. Oh my goodness, yes. So, anyone listening, the Blarney Stone in East Rutherford. East Rutherford. Go starting to kind of like thin out or not yet there's still a lot of like little eateries we can go to but i was even thinking of like maybe even taking the show on the road and you know like hitting the city you know bring that yeah. stuff like rent something at ripley's or whatever you know and, and and watch our 20 minutes there get some local joint and get some food and yeah that's know. true good too yeah we could do, yeah. Get an audience, or if anyone's it. listening has wants us to come to you, we'll come to you. Not San Francisco. I mean, if they're paying for it, why not? <laughs> yeah, okay. If you're paying for it, you have a plane and you want to bring us over to San Fran, and dude, I'd be, I'd totally down for that. Yeah, <laughs> why not? But um, what was I gonna say? Ah, so yes, our TV show, hmm. Love Through the Millennium Two. Is what we're watching, and this was hmm. the synopsis was uh, again. This is a show. This is a Chinese TV show, and uh, of course we turned off the subtitles. Yep. And the synopsis was that a famous chef. Yep. Was a chef from the thirties. Yes. yes. The famous chef from Shanghai, nineteen thirty-six. Oh, oh no no! What was it? the sentence started? <laughs> the sentence started with due to time travel. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> it's kind of like, well, blizzard conditions today, folks, so yeah. you can't go outside. It was, it was in, it's inconvenient. It's, in, right. it's not so much of an adventure as like... Uh. Due to time travel, right. So due to time travel, a chef from 1936 Shanghai and... Was it a playboy or something? It was, it was a rich... Yeah, it just said like a, a wealthy young... Man. Oh uh, yes, from in Paris, twenty sixteen. Yeah. Which there was like no hint of Paris anywhere, at least not in the twenty minutes we saw. No, he hadn't got there yet. No, no, you're right. I'm, I'm assuming he gets the money he gets from the first episode. He then just Eventually, buggers off to yes. Paris. Yeah, you're probably right. Yes. Maybe. Yeah, yeah. So the episode basically starts. It's a very wealthy home, and it's obviously dad, mom, mm. and son. Son seems to be a young man in his early 20s. Mom seems to be in her... She's a good-looking woman. Yeah. And, like, at first I was just like, is that sister or mom? Because you really, like, almost... But then you're like, okay, no, 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 that's mom. 
It's just mom looks really young, and mom is probably in her mid to late 30s, and dad is easily in his 50s. Yeah. And so mom and dad are kind of, it looks like the son is being, I don't know, was he being petulant or just kind of being whiny or both or... I don't, I don't know, he was just being Asian, wasn't he? <laughs> 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 well, yeah. So first of all, he has like red hair. He's got the like the, the, the standard rebellious Asian young man red hair, which mm. kind of rusty colored hair. Yeah, that weird rust colored hair. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So now the house is like immaculate. It's like, they're obviously people of wealth, mm. and uh, the kid is dressed to the tees. He's got a fancy watch on. He's got this like blue blazer on with white pants. Like very almost like. Like he's an extra on Miami Vice or Burn Notice or something like that. Yeah. And mom is looking like really good. She's got her hair done nicely, flawless makeup, uh, a, uh, like a cream colored or white blouse, also with like, uh, like cerulean blue, navy blue. Your pants. memory is ridiculous. Like we should be. How do you remember this? <laughs> how do you remember the color pants the mother was wearing in the first scene of the show that we watched like an hour ago? <laughs> That's not a normal thing for to remember. <laughs> hey, like I said, I'm, I'm the play-by-play -play guy. Yeah. You're the color analyst. Wow. I gotta remember these things. So, um, and then dad was kind of in a standard suit. And he had a little bit of facial hair. I forget if it was like a full goatee or if it was just a mustache. But he's, he's, mm. he's kind of graying, looks very distinguished, and he's very serious. And the young man is carrying on about something, carrying on, carrying on, carrying on. And um, they get a phone call. Was it, was it a phone call or did, did like a servant come in and like say... Uh... I think it was a servant came in and said there's a message or something like that. Uh -huh. And um, they cut back and they, the shot is like of the son. The son is on... The father's basically like on a... On a sofa mm. like kind of like a throne the mother is to the left of the father on a, a, a sofa and the son is on a sofa to the right of the father yeah and and the son wants it, it almost looks like can i go dad please because all my friends are going it, it's like he's asking for something yeah um dad is being very serious and not like saying much at all and mom is just kind of making like little snide comments like, you don't deserve to go because you failed your math quiz, you know. Maybe he wants to go to Paris. Maybe that's what it is. Maybe. That, that's a good point. Maybe he wants to go to I Paris. I want to live in Paris. Good point. Mm. And then they cut back and you see mom, dad, and son. And kind of the authority of dad is taken away because he has these like white house slippers on. that <laughs> look almost a little... I don't know, like Disney-fied almost a little bit. And there's this very serious man and these white fluffy house slippers that you would see in a spa. Touch of the Hugh Hefner band. It was a touch of the Hugh Hefner. Rest in peace. Yes, maybe. Rest in peace. So, um... <laughs> so, then they figure out there's a call and they all go off somewhere. And, and they all are in a driven car. It's fancy money. And they show up and, and there's a sign and it's like a hospital. Yeah. And they get on the elevator, and the pleading is continuing on. Um, and uh, the kid is whispering something to the dad, and was kind of like, come on, you know, i got to be able to... It was, he didn't want mom to hear, but mm. 
my interpretation of what he was saying to dad was kind of like, you know, I kind of want to be hitting on French chicks, you know, it's like, it should be like, I'm a young man, I should experience these things. And because mm-hmm. she was like looking a little bit outraged in the back of the elevator, yep. mom was, and dad was just like all serious, like, you know, like, don't talk to me, young pup. And they get to the top floor, and it's the VIP floor, and they go into this like, basically presidential suite, but there's like a nurse station at the front before they go in, because this is after all the hospital. And they go in and, oh, this is grandma, and grandma's loaded with money, obviously. Mm-hmm. And grandma's dressed in this, like, pink outfit, which is not like like a, like a fluffy balloon or anything, but just like a nice blouse, pink blouse. And the whole place is in white, and she's got this little white lap dog with like a, I don't know, like a, like a Bichon Crusade or something like that, or, or Shih Tzu or something. And um, first... The father tries to talk to grandma, and she kind of acknowledges him. Then mom talks to her, and she acknowledges her. And the kid runs up, and he like basically throws himself on his knees to grandma, and oh, grandma, and this and that. And his acting is just like very over the top. Yeah. And then. But they've got the. We know it's a comedy though, because they have this comedy music going in the background. Yeah. So like. Yes. Yes. He's going like ah. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah, that's yeah. right. It, it's very much, um, it's very much like a, 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 almost like Gilligan's Island, like the music, yeah. like, it's like, okay, nothing serious is happening because it's yeah. the playful music. Well, this music they play, if you ever watch a Grey's Anatomy, or I imagine any procedural like that, but certainly Grey's Anatomy, because that's something that I happen to watch, because my wife watches it. Uh, where you have a terrible, horrible disaster and all these main important people die, gruesome, terrible death, or someone loses their husband or child or something terrible happens. <coughs> and then the next episode, they need to get away from that very quickly because they don't want to just like sit around it. The best way of doing it is by putting on the bloopy music. Right. Like they just come to work the next morning, there's just a And they're like, we don't have to get through this narrative. We just put on the bloopy music. And everyone's like, okay, we're over it now. Yeah. Put on the bloopy music and let the nurse walk her dog. And that's it. Yeah. And it's like all the seriousness is gone. Yeah, it's all <laughs> right. fine now. Yeah. We got over it. Yeah. So, um, so Grandma is like kind of re- really quiet at first. Obviously, she's the matriarch. Kind of. She's the one. Their money is obviously tied into hers hmm. because they're so differential to her. And then she starts chatting. And she has her like assistant give everybody an envelope. And this is obviously... Well, I say obviously like we fucking know, but we know. <laughs> but this was, in my opinion, like the will. Yeah. And she, like, and she gives a will to the grandson, and she gives a will to the grandma, uh, to the mother, and a will to the father. Mm. So they open it up, and the grandson opens up, and he's like, <gasps> and he's like, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. And he, I forget if he did this earlier or if he did this then. He like throws the dog out of her lap and basically buries himself in grandma's lap, hugging her and mm. like being all thankful. And the mother is all upset and runs out storming. She's teary-eyed. And the husband runs after her and tells her to slow down. And you see her, she's obviously upset. And she's supposed to be teary-eyed. And then you close in on the actress. And, and let me, before I even describe this, this is actually a high-budget show. Oh, yeah. Uh, uh, camera work is like high def, production value is through the roof, I mean the sets are just really impeccable, everything is, is definitely, sc- everything about it screams, we got money yeah. for this. 
So they get to the mom, and she's upset. She's supposed to be teary-eyed. And she, her face is just soaked. <laughs> I mean, it's not like a couple of tracks of tears. Yeah. It's literally like the PA just walked over with a spray bottle and sprayed her full in the face like five times. Yeah. And that's what her face looks like. Yeah. Yeah. It's just wet. She just had very shiny wet cheeks. <laughs> She's just shiny wet cheeks. That's yeah. all it was, right? <laughs> Makeup wasn't touched by the tears. Nothing. It was she just wet face. And that's the tr- that's the acting trick. If you have shiny wet cheeks and you put on a face that is otherwise just tired, you just look tired with shiny wet cheeks, just like then you look like you you're, you're sad. You look like you're crying. <laughs> Yeah. So for all you young filmmakers that don't yeah. know how to, how to get your actors to do this, <laughs> just wet their face. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, so then they go back to, um, oh, but even before that happened, before she handed out the wills, the grandmother t- takes off this like jade pendant hmm. that looks like it's a portion of uh, like a circle jade pendant. And this is just like, it looked like a third, maybe a half hmm. of it. And she gives it to the grandson. Yeah. And that upsets the mother, like, terribly. And then, like, she storms off. And so our conclusion is the grandson got, like, a huge inheritance or whatever it is. Yeah. And uh, so the parents kind of go off. They're back to grandma and, and grandson. And they're just, like, now grandma's, like, super chatty. And they're going back and forth. And talking, talking, talking. And even before when they were, like, mom, dad, grandson, and grandma were all chatting, the edits, the cuts were just insane. It was almost like it was a music video. Oh, it was like MTV. It was, it was like MTV. There mm. literally wasn't a single shot that lasted more than three seconds? Uh, yeah. yeah. If that. Easy, yeah. And, and, and kudos to whoever the editor is because, man, his hands are full because that was <laughs> a shit ton of freaking cuts. It was literally... A, I mean, we watched the middle 20 minutes. This was maybe five minutes mm-hmm. of the 20 minutes we watched. Yeah. And in that five minutes, I want to say there was 30, 40 cuts. I don't know. It was almost like they 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 were like rapping on the production of the episode. They're about to roll it out. And then like someone noticed or like they're about to leave the room and like the, the editor for the show was still like in the studio. And they're like, oh, we're, we're ready to go. You can leave. And he's like, oh, I've been paid for another two hours. And they're like, oh. Uh, well, I mean, we don't want to waste the money, I guess. Uh, (laughs) just find some stuff to edit. Just, oh, right. That's right. We have at least six shots. Yeah. Just mix them all up as many times as you can. (laughs) (laughs) Because they had an over-the-shoulder shot. They had a side shot. I mean, they had them all in there. But only really in this one scene. It didn't really carry on that way. No, no, right. The rest of it didn't. But just that one scene for whatever reason. And all along with the... Music yep. going on. It was a little bit almost Benny Hillish. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was. It, it, you know, like when they do the like the time lapse at the end when they're always like chasing. Yeah. It's like it's funny to see, especially Chinese. Not so much Asian because I'm very used to Japanese culture as being ingrained in humor. Um, but for me, Chinese culture to be humorous is not something I'm used to. Really? Like, no, I'm not used to Chinese being funny because I I just think of Bruce Lee. Or like oh. you know, or Chinatown, and I think of Chinatown as being very serious. I feel like everyone in Chinatown is very serious and has something to do. I actually love the Chinese sense of humor because you look at like any Jackie Chan movie; mm. they're very much slapstick and silly, very much. 
Like, you can watch Jackie Chan movies. Of course, no, of course. There's always something, like, super goofy. Jackie Chan, like, yeah. Because, you know, it's like this ultra-serious, like, because they'll do it. It'll be this, like, really serious, like, martial arts mm. thing. And then it'll be just something so, like, eight-year-old humor goofy yeah. that comes in, you know, because somebody farted on somebody's face or something like that. That it's just, it's so incongruous to what's happening. You can't help but just laugh out loud. It's like, what the, what's going on here, you know? And so, so I actually, I actually enjoy Chinese humor. I think it's really funny. Like Tadashi's Castle. Yeah. <laughs> Although that's Japanese. I was hearing, um, oh, where did that story come from? I'm trying to remember this story. I heard a story on a podcast recently. Uh-huh. It's actually really funny. You just reminded me of it. Okay. Where, um, oh, who was it? It was some old, I, I can't remember who it was. It was an old, I think, producer. Um, it was a producer, yes. It was an old movie producer. From who he used to produce um, films back in sort of like sixties and seventies, okay. um, and recently died. Recently passed away, okay. and he uh, believed he was very spiritual and believed in kind of you know um, anything spiritual or, or whatever else. Okay. But he was also very theatrical, and he was a love. He was very much a darling, mm-hmm. and he went to a séance. Uh, he w- went to a séance. Someone invited him to a séance. This uh, oh, this story I heard this story very recently, but it was someone who died um, recently. But this story dates back from the seance days. No, 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 no. This is about probably fifteen years ago. Oh, okay. This is fairly recently. Okay. And um, and he went to this seance. Um, you know, because Hollywood ran in these circles. I don't know they're having this seance. Right. And uh, he, he he went to the seance. This is big money producer, and he uh, the, it came to a point where the the lady conducting the seance, Madame Esmeralda, whatever her name is, turns to him and says, "Like, is there anybody particularly that you're looking to make contact with this day?" And he was like, "Yes, darling. Yes, yes, yes. I'm going to give him this voice, even though he was American. Yes, darling. Yes, I would like, if if I may." I would like to speak, <laughs> if I may, I would like to speak to uh, Sir Laurence Olivier. I would like to speak to dear Larry Olivier. Uh, and, and she was like, ah, oh, let's see if I can find him. And she's like, okay. Well, like exactly, exactly. And she says, 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 uh, uh, says oh, yes, I, I, I believe I have him here. I believe I have him. And he says, and he says, oh, okay. So is there any question you would like to ask him? He says, yes, there is a very specific question I'd like to ask him. He says, okay. And he said, and he says, uh, Larry, darling, <laughs> what we all know uh, of your time when you were here, when you were working, there were many great actors of your generation, um, some superb actors like yourself and uh, whoever it may be, all these wonderful thespians. What I would like to know, he was also a director as well. Right. He was, what I would like to know is who, in your opinion, is the greatest living actor of this generation? Of this generation's actors, who is the greatest living actor? And the woman, the woman took a beat and she was like, you know, mm, <laughs> listening, this, this is Madame Esmeralda. And she went, mm, yes, he says, Jackie Chan. <laughs> straight, as straight as possible. He says He replies, he says, Jackie Chan. So this guy's like, oh, interesting. Interesting, yes. 
he's maybe seen half of one Jackie Chan film like 20 years ago. He's like, okay, interesting. He then, after this seance, he goes out, buys the entire back catalogue of Jackie Chan movies. And, um, and apparently is very confused uh, initially. And he very much believes in all the spirituals. He's very confused about what Olivia is getting to. And he says it's somewhere around... Um, uh, you know, whatever, like police story too. He suddenly like kicks in, and he's like, "You know what? I think he's onto something here. I think he's onto something. I think he has a, a thing." And then he took it upon him. In the last few years of his life, he would invite people to his house and his home cinema to watch Jackie Chan movies because he was uh, the actor because he's the greatest actor of his generation. And Lawrence Olivier, beyond the grave, said so. <laughs> <laughs> I forgot who that story was. At least she got. I mean, it could have been worse. She could have said Jackie Collins. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Oh my goodness, that's great. That's the official line of uh, from the words of Lawrence Olivier himself. (laughs) Hey, Larry knows his shit. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So, so um, where do we stop? Oh yes. So grandkid uh, uh, gets the inheritance. Parents leave off in a huff. And then, did, did it go? Yes, then goes to uh, Shanghai 1936, didn't mm, it? Yeah. Yeah. And we see a guy, well, I don't know, middle-aged guy, maybe a guy in his like, mid to late 30s, something like that, running and he has a box in his hand. And he's running. And it's just really sloppy running. Oh, yeah. And it's just like, and, and I even said it to Sean, it's like, in, in the movies, for, for whatever reason, in... in, in Particularly in Asian genre movies, whether they're martial arts, or, particularly martial arts, I should say. Nobody except for the hero or the antagonist really runs like a normal person. <laughs> Everyone else who runs is just a complete and total spazoid. Yeah. And just there's like, just, <laughs> there's just all this like horizontal motion. There's not really a whole lot of like vector in the direction that you need to go to. Godzilla! Yeah, yeah. Like, there's a lot of just like, Stepping back and forth, almost like you're doing like a dance move. Yeah. And then like for every normal run step move to propel you six feet, you're doing maybe like a foot. <laughs> so this guy's running like this, and the bad guys are chasing him, and, and the chasing is really comical, because every time the bad guys are about to catch up with them in a car, there's either a trolley car, or somebody's like pushing a cart with like potatoes, <laughs> Or, or something like that. Yeah. And the bad guys get cut off and our spastic hero is able to get away <laughs> a little bit more. And so the bad guys are about to catch up to him and he's across a bridge. And then you see our hero. And don't know how he did it. He's still holding onto the box with one hand. And he basically, the bridge has a like a rail, like a handrail, like a normal metal handrail that you would see on a staircase or, or a balcony or whatever. And he's dangling off of it, just holding on with one hand, dangling above the river, while the bad guys in the cars go across the bridge mm. and get lost. And they show the guy dangling, and he's just sweating bullets. Yeah. Because, of course, he's hanging on with one or hand. Or is he crying? I can't tell. I, you know what? That's a good point. He might have been crying. I mean, his face was very wet. His face was very wet. <laughs> and, and actually, the first thing I said was, that's appropriate use of face wet. Yes. Because <laughs> <laughs> he looks like he's sweating. Yeah. Right. So, but you know what? Mom could have had a hot flash. Now that I think about this it. That's true, I guess so. She could have been sad and had a hot flash. And that's, what was that all, yeah. that's what that was all about. But anyway. So they cut away back from him. And they show 
a guy walking with a basket. And he's walking through the market and people are handing him things and he's very friendly. And what you see is that this is basically the kid from the 2016 mm. with the red hair. It's same actor, but he's got black hair now. And he's very... Is it the same actor? It's the same actor. I didn't think it was. No, it was the same actor. Oh. I'm pretty sure it was the same actor. Interesting. Yeah. <laughs> oh, excuse me. And, um... And he's, like, very... He's very reserved. He's very, um... I mean, you look at him and you're like, Oh, that's a very uh, upstanding young man. That's a proper citizen. Mm-hmm. You know, that... And he's walking around with his basket and he makes it home to wherever home is and he's got a kitchen and you see him then like there's a montage and he's chopping up and they do again very very mtv style they show him chopping all these vegetables but each vegetable has its own little screen and then they're like sink over like chopping things so it sounds like there's like 12 various chopping things yeah. it's but this is the montage and then they show him like trying to chop up a lobster claw <laughs> i don't know why they couldn't but it's like he's got this one of those big like almost like cleavers that you get like in a knife set mm-hmm. and he hits the thing and it doesn't cut, cut through the lobster and I'm like okay is the lobster made out of sponge or is the cleaver <laughs> made out of sponge because that shit was shattered that lobster <laughs> lobster into a million pieces and so he puts everything together and uh, and I guess the thing is and he makes like and it's creamy it's like oh he's making a lobster bisque mm-hmm. that's what it looks like and some little girl comes along and she also gives him a little like wrapped parcel and he gives her a coin and they, they have a little back and forth going on. This is before he starts cooking and he goes and starts cooking. And then she comes into the kitchen and she's chatting with him and they're talking back and forth and he basically gives her a bowl of the lobster bisque to try. And she tries it and, ah, oh, it's amazing, you know, delicious. Yeah. You know, I can die tomorrow because I've had the best soup ever. Yeah. And then... Uh, another kid walks in. He's a little bit older than the girl. The girl looks to be nine, ten years old, maybe. Oh, I have no idea. Okay. I'm so bad at kid ages. So, and and the, the boy looks to be like maybe 15 years old, but he has a stutter, obviously. Now, he has rusty red hair. The kid does. Mm. And he comes in and he says something to our chef. Oh, but before that happens, the little girl, when she comes in, the person tries the soup, she comes in, and I guess like eggs green eggs uh, is that what they were supposed to be um she like yeah. runs in excited to give it to him she trips the basket goes flying and these three things which look like eggs yep. are about to fall and the chef grabs one and grabs the other very martial arts style and catches the third egg on the ball of his foot and picks it up and the kid is like wow she's like totally like mind blown yeah and what she realizes ah not only is he a great chef He's a martial artist, too, mm-hmm. because the two go hand in hand. Of course. I'm surprised there's not a Shaolin kitchen movie out yet. <laughs> what I think about that. Because, you know, Shaolin soccer, Shaolin this, Shaolin, Shaolin. They had a Shaolin basketball movie, too. So oh, they did? They did, yeah. So, I mean, I want to see Shaolin bowling. That's good. That's like has potential for a lot Interesting, of Interesting, yeah. Shaolin bowling. That would be with, between the pins and the bowling balls. They'd fucking take down the skyscraper. <laughs> Shallon baseball. Shallon baseball. Very oh. boring. <laughs> so again. A bunch of martial art experts just standing around waiting. Spitting chewing tobacco. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, so stuttering kid comes in, says something to the chef, and the chef freaks out, and he goes off on a run. And he starts running, 
and he runs like somebody who's run before. I mean, yeah. he's moving really fast, and he's athletic, and he's getting by people, flipping over like rickshaws, and, and, and doing parkour through the market, and he's running full tilt, and then Stuttery Red and the little girl go running after him, and, um, and he shows up basically to right in front of a mansion. Mm. Like full tilt to run. He's like, <gasps> and there's a bunch of guys in suits in front of their mansion. And he walks up to their mansion and then the two kids catch up. And for whatever reason, the girl bites Stuttery Red on the arm. Yeah. Which I guess was admonishing him. Like, why did you tell him that? Because now he's going to get his ass kicked and whatever. And so the chef walks up to the group of guys and basically says, or at least I think he does, is, uh, um, I need to see somebody inside. Yeah. And he goes to go by. And the two guys stand in front of him and they're like, no, 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 you're not going anywhere. And they push him back. And he says, gentlemen, excuse me, but I really need to go inside. Mm-hmm. And he goes again and they're like, no, 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 fuck off. And he's like, gentlemen, I really just, mm-hmm. I need to go inside. And then the dude goes to push him a third time. And in a very Zen-like fashion, our hero just basically sidesteps. And the guy pushes there and falls on his face. Yeah. Now all the guys that are standing around, all the henchmen surround him. And it's like literally, it's literally the scene out of Big Boss. Yeah. You know, there's like 30 guys around Bruce Lee. And it's like that, right, right, right. There's a lot of like looking <laughs> checking everybody out. All the guys look like collectively, maybe they could bench press 150 pounds. But, you know, that's <laughs> neither here nor there. <clears throat> so... It's definitely a standoff time, and then the shot, the camera shot, is on the chef's hand, and the hand is open, and when the guys surround him, it starts closing mm-hmm. ever so softly, ever so slowly, into a fist, and then of course, like you see, like the knuckles almost like grinding, and we're like, oh shit, and Sean and I get really excited, like, That's all right, this show is like really picking up now, and then. Boom! We're back in 2016, and there's the red-headed uh, grandkid driving in his fancy Audi, and he just pulled up in front of the building. Yeah. Looks like it's in a similar area. Looks like he's in the same area that that guy just was. Right. Um, and then that was it. And then that was it. That was the 20 minutes was up. Mm-hmm. It, was li- it was like a dream. It was like a dream, and it was, everything interesting was about to happen, and he wake up, and it was like, oh. Yeah. <laughs> oh. Right. <laughs> Exactly. So, I mean, it was definitely at the end of it. We're both kind of like, okay, what, what Mm. what is going on? Yeah, it didn't. It it wasn't. uh, There wasn't enough to to really like. My only takeaway from the 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 nineteen thirty six scene was that the little girl was probably grandma, the rich grandma in the future. Yes, that was like my only. That makes sense. That certainly makes sense to me. That was the first thing I thought because she was the old, because we knew it was about time travel due to time travel. Due to time travel. And she was old in the first, in the modern world, she's old. She's the only old person in the modern world. Right. And in any time travel trope, the oldest person who's in the present time is going to have a connection with the past time. Right. You know. Right. So. Oh, and something just occurs to me. Stuttery Red was her uh, husband. Oh, yeah? Well, where'd the grandkid get the red hair? I think that might have been the insinuation. Oh. That eventually when they grow up, they fall in love. He had his red hair. 
Unless, like, you watched a lot of Duran Duran videos in 1936. I guess. Yeah. That makes sense. Which I don't think you would have seen it. Yeah. Well, were there a lot of red-headed guys at the Obi-Wan Club in Shanghai? Uh, in the Temple of Doom? I don't think there were. I don't think so either. No. Yeah. And anyway, those guys are Japanese. Everyone knows those are bad guys. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So, so yeah. So, uh, yeah. It's, I, I just... Those, those are the only two, like, leaps, I guess, that I can make. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I agree. I don't really understand. Because mom had red hair. Yeah. Son has red hair. Yeah. And then stubbery red was red hair. Yeah, but aren't... aren't so I'm guessing that was like grandpa. Aren't all Asian people born with black hair? Yeah, well, I, maybe, maybe I mean, do they actually get red hair? Like, can they have red hair? I don't think they could. I, have I, I, just, I, I see it a lot, but I assumed it was all just weirdly dyed for some maybe, odd reason. Maybe not. I don't know. That would be a nice thing if somebody could call and let us know. That would be, yeah. Hmm. I mean, because you usually get redheads when you mix a, a black-haired person with a blonde person. You get redheads. Hmm. Was oh, that how it happens? I usually thought it was some kind of result of some kind of satanic blood oath gone wrong. Oh, it could be that. I yeah, I mean, my experience usually <laughs> does have redheads going around. I could be wrong, it probably is a satanic blood oath. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> mm. So, yeah, so, I mean, this is one of those where I was just like, uh, don't know quite what's the point of the show yet. No, wasn't the best example of um, stuff going on, which I guess is fair, it's the first episode, you know, they don't give a shit. Right, right, right. It's it not set up. Yeah, um, it's a set up episode. So that's fair to them, I guess. I mean, my guess is it's going to have more future. Or... I mean, it certainly leagues ahead from Unriddle. Oh my goodness, yeah. <laughs> I mean, until this came along, I assumed all... Chinese television was, was bad. <laughs> very bad. No, yeah, this the, the production, the production quality was outstanding. Mm. It really was. Um, the editing was a little MTV-ish mm-hmm. in spots, but they, I mean, they definitely had. I mean, they had Audis as the cars on the set, not your Hyundai that was in yeah. a <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so um, yeah, and the sound was fine. I mean, yeah, this was this was like. Light years ahead of Unriddled. Yeah. Unriddled almost looked like a student film in comparison. Yeah, it did. It really did. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. So, yeah, it was better for that. It was It was pretty... I can't remember how many episodes there were. Were there a fair few episodes? Or? I want to say there were 26. Hmm. And it was 2016, so they might have had like two seasons, I guess. Yeah. Hmm. But, um, yeah, um, inheritance, I guess the big mystery is what's in the box. Yeah. My guess is... That jade pendant thing, maybe? Might be the jade pendant, and it's the instrument of said time travel. Oh, I I was assuming that was the jade pendant, or at least when it's, like, complete. Maybe. Then it becomes... Some tool kind of, of which to time yeah. travel, like 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 the little talisman from the Brady Bunch. I don't know what that means. Oh, you never watched the Brady Bunch? No. Brady Bunch was um, popular show in the seventies. Lots of people in the seventies grew up watching the Brady Bunch, 
and it was a very um, it was a very milk toast American family where you know one woman had three daughters and one man had three sons and they got married and now they have like six kids together kind of stuff and one of the most famous or infamous if you will episodes was when they went to Hawaii so that was a lot of like TV shows in the seventies and the eighties when ratings were down, let's shoot a couple episodes of Hawaii to get the ratings up. So that's like like literally <laughs> They li- did the same in England. Yeah, it, it, literally every show did that. You know, like Gilgill's Island, they were screwed, they were already there, so they yeah, didn't yeah, let yeah. them do that. But um and so <laughs> they uh They did the same in England, but it wasn't Hawaii, it's just the beach. Let's uh, go to the beach to the Gone Holiday. Now they're going holiday to the beach. To the beach, yeah. yeah. Yeah, so, so in the episode, they go to Hawaii, of course, and the oldest son, Greg, he's going to learn how to surf, and what happened was somebody bought a tiki at, like, some, you know, local artisan's shop, and it was a cursed tiki, uh... and then Alice, who was the maid that traveled with them and lived with them, because, of course, if you got six kids, you got to have a maid, mm-hmm. pretty much, and, um... Uh, she threw out her head. Okay. Yes, yes, it was horrible. And then, like, Greg, the son, wore it around his neck when he went surfing. And he was a really good surfer, like, almost, like, naturally. And then he wiped out horribly because he was wearing this. So all these, like, mishaps were happening because of this, quote-unquote, cursed talisman. And so I'm wondering if it's kind of like that, uh, that talisman is in the box, you know. Yeah. Although one comedian correctly pointed out one of the characters on the show was Sam the Butcher. And Alice used to do a lot of shopping and Sam had like a romantic interest to, towards Alice. And so the comedian was saying that it's horrible that people were blaming the uh, talisman, the tiki for Alice throwing out her head. She threw out her head because Sam kept on slipping her on that free meat. <laughs> <laughs> so, oh, in the nice little time reference, that was one of my favorite stand-ups for a while. <laughs> but, um, yeah, that's what I think. I'm thinking the box that he was holding on for dear life, our, our horizontally running uh, mm-hmm. person. I, not, it's not even horizontal, it's not the right description for his running style. It was... It was almost like he was doing Dance Dance Revolution. Yeah, yeah. And he was still going to get so far. <laughs> That's what his running looked like. It's He was running as if someone had told him that, like, the way you have to run is the entirety of the surface of the bottom of your foot has to hit the ground at the same time every time. Every time, right, right, right. right, right. Like, just flat foot running the whole time, just... <laughs> You can't, no part of your foot can touch before the other. Your whole course, foot has to hit the floor every time. Unless, of course, the scene was supposed to be, he came out of the water and had flippers on, but the uh-huh. apartment fucked up. They're like, yeah. all right, method, you have flippers on your feet, run. And that's actually how he looked like when he was running. Like, he yeah. had swimming fins on his feet. Mm. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah. That I was, think you're right. There's probably some time. I think, yeah, there's just something in there. That's going to be like the, the time travel thing and then the shenanigans that they're going to get up to. The title doesn't make sense, though. That's, that's, Welcome that's, to Millennium 2. Uh, that's just one of those lost in translation things. That yeah, that's what is, I'm guessing. I assume it's poetic in Mandarin. Yes. And then when you translate it, it means English, nothing. It's English, it's garbage. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's, yes, very true. Yeah. <laughs> I guess we should try 
to figure out what's going on here, no? Oh, actually, before we do that, why don't we do our, uh, uh, um, our food ratings, shall we? Yes. So, uh, we did, we did, food was from Bartolomeo Deli in Englewood, New Jersey. And it's on, I'll tell you the exact address in a second, but I know it's on North Dean Street. Hold on a second. Uh, 105 North Dean Street, Englewood, New Jersey. Hmm. And if you've never been in the deli, um, I haven't been in the new one. They used to be down in Palisades Park. Mm-hmm. And they were fantastic because it was just like fresh cheese and fresh like salamis and sausages. And you walked in and the whole place smelled of like cheese and fresh bread and salamis and sausages. And it was a smaller place, but they were a nice deli. And they got this huge place up in Englewood, just like up the block from the hospital. Yeah. In North Dean Street. So where the uh, light rail is going to end, they're like there, which mm-hmm. is a great spot for them to be. So we had the Buffalo Wrap and the Rocco. The Rocco was... Chicken cutlets, uh, mozzarella, fresh mozzarella, and sun-dried tomatoes. And the buffalo wrap is buffalo grilled chicken with the blue cheese and lettuce and tomato. Hmm. So, Mr. Quiggin, what did you think of... So, we actually bought one of each and we each sampled. Yeah, split it. Um, we split it, yeah. I, I, enjoy, I, I enjoyed it. It was simple and I was like hungry and it was... It's kind of exactly the sort of food I, I fancied at the time. It was, it was fresh and it was kind of simple, clean. It wasn't too complicated. Right. Um, in the grand scheme of things, I think they were both definitely inferior to you know versions I've tasted before. Like it was kind of a bit um, bland. Yes. Your wife Annie came in while we were eating and said, like, "Oh, that looks bland." Yeah. 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 It was. It was kind of bland. It was very like. It was a little unimaginative. Yeah, it was. I mean, it was, uh, but we noticed, like we said, when it came very quickly, and obviously been sitting in a fridge somewhere. Yes. So that didn't help. No. Matters. No. Um, but it was, like, I mean, the buffalo wrap was, it was tasty, and for the most part, I didn't really taste any buffalo sauce at all. It, it, it was, was towards the end of mine. There was a little bit of heat. Oh yeah, there, Just I did got like none. Very little. I could taste the blue cheese a little bit. Okay. There was there, I had like a glob of blue cheese in there. Okay. It mostly just tasted like chicken. I would if I had to guess, apart from the little bit of blue cheese, I'd have said like, oh, is this just like chicken with ranch dressing with a bit of salad? Yeah. What it yeah, tasted yeah. like really. Um, didn't really get any of the buffalo. Uh, like I said, I, I got just like a, a, a taste of it. It wasn't. Mm. It really wasn't much. Wasn't a lot, um, yeah. and the other one, the other one, the sandwich was uh, was nice. I, I preferred that one. I just chicken was tasty. It was all um, well, the individual ingredients were tasty. I was I always appreciate getting fresh mozzarella. That's always nice. Um, bread was good, and individually they were all very nice. It was just a little, I guess, yeah, a little boring. There wasn't. I guess it needed a little something extra, maybe like an, a a sauce or something in there or something that. Give it a little bit more of a kick. It was a little right, right, right. But it was still nice. I enjoyed it. It was, you know, it was a good set. Sa- it was a, it was a nice sandwich. The greens were good. The sandwich was nice. It just wasn't, uh, you know. Yeah. Uh, well, what, 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 what is your grade on it? I would say. Um, what, what's for the Rocco and what's for the uh, wrap? For the, the wrap. The wrap. The wrap. I would give. Uh, 
The Rap, I would say 2.8. Okay. And The Rocco, I would give a uh, 3.5. Oh, okay. What would I say? Okay. I would... I would probably give that rap, um, yeah, you know what, 2.8 is, is pretty much right on. And the Rocco, I would probably give it a 3.2. Because like you said, it was, I mean, it was nice, it was clean, it was fresh, don't get me wrong. Uh, the bread was nice, um, but just a little bit plain. Mm. I guess that's, you know, the, I mean, it says it in the menu, there's just the, those couple of things. But uh, just a little, I guess, unimaginative, and there's really no sauce really on it. It's lacking, like, it's just a little, you know. I mean, for the Rocco, I would have, like, at least try, like, to put, like, some kind of butter-garlic sauce on it. Exactly, a little bit of oil or something. Something, yeah, 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 yeah. So, yeah, well, there we go. 3-2 and 3-5 on the Rocco and 2-8 on the Buffalo Wings, so, okay. And what do you think about our uh, Duclos Brewing... uh, Sweet baby jeans. Um, so I, based off the recommendation I got, I was disappointed because oh. I thought it was going to be really good. Just based, see, you know, I need to get over the fact that not everybody does a podcast where they try new beers. Beers all the time. All the time. <laughs> uh, so, so most people that just have like one standard beer or whatever, I guess. So I was expecting something amazing by what you said. I was like, oh, that sounds really interesting. Um, and I try it. I'm like, uh. Okay, I mean, to me, you know, you just tasted chocolate. I just tasted peanut butter. Right. Um, and um, it's, yeah, it's okay. I mean, I like porters a lot, and we've had some really good porters, and this is the, it's a bad time for this to come along, I think, but after having that Puerto Rico recently, which yeah, was, um, yeah, yeah. I was so good. That. Yeah. So good. Um, it was a little, it's a little, um, like you said, it's light. And for me, for a porter, that goes against it a little bit. It's a little bit thin. Um, it, it, it is very aromatic. I know you can't, you know, that's not something you can't smell as well. It's, it does smell a lot like peanut butter, and that is kind of nice. Um, mm-hmm. And like like any beer, when I first try it, I'm a bit disappointed. But by the time I finish the bottle, you know what? <laughs> I'm I'm kind of interested to have a second one. <laughs> like, Isn't yeah, it funny I'll, how I'll beer works that way? <laughs> yeah, it's weird how beer works that way. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So what's your what's your grade on that? Um, I give it a three point two. Okay, out of five, I'd say. Okay. Um, yeah, for me, like you said, I I really because my sense of smell isn't so good. I tasted chocolate though right off the bat. Um, what surprised me was how light it was mm. to drink. Like it wasn't particularly heavy, even though it's like 6.2. Um, kind of light, a little bit, um, a little bit tangy. Like you said, like in the beginning, it was kind of like, oh, well, that's not so... Yeah. But you know, now it's like, oh, I wouldn't mind having another one, you know? Yeah. <laughs> like you said. But yeah, I If it would... was given to me in a sample, if it was given to me on like a flight and it was part of a whole bunch of other beers, I would totally forget it and wouldn't get it again, you know? But when it's like, I have a six pack of them and it's the only thing around, I'm like, yeah, I'll drink them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, right, right, right. I won't, I won't be upset that I'm drinking it, right? Mm. Yeah, I wouldn't, I wouldn't use it for cooking. No. Right, I, I drink it instead. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. So I, yeah, yeah. I give it a, I give it a three point. 
a 3.1. Hmm. And like you said, like the first thing I was thinking about when I tried it was because we had Puerto Rico so relatively recently. Yeah. And it was just, I was just like, yeah, this mm-hmm. isn't even That's up. good. And I actually had, and the reason, when the person recommended it to me, I had a port at the time, which is why they said it, I guess. And it was it was a sample I'd had at this place, and it was a it was a coffee porter, uh-huh. really nice, not as nice as Puerto Rico, but it's still nice. Right. And for me, I think because porter seems to go one of two ways these days. It's like coffee or chocolate. This is like chocolate porters and then the coffee porters. I think I prefer the coffee. I think chocolate's fine. I think, but it's not. I think I prefer with the porter. I think coffee, the the, the more coffee flavor goes a lot better. That more rich. With the malt, yeah, yeah, yeah. Kind of stronger. Is really good. Well, I mean, it just... It seems to work with... I'm sure people are going to say you're crazy. But it seems to work with the hops better to me. Mm. Co- the coffee flavor than the... Although, like I said, this guy with the pumpkin cheesecake from the Cheesecake Factory... Yeah. I think this is very... Oh, it's, 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 if we were eating pumpkin cheesecake and having this beer... Yeah. That, I'd probably give this like a 3.6 as opposed to a 3.1. Mm. Because I think... I mean, I could be wrong because... But I think if I was drinking that while having a, a pumpkin cheesecake, it would probably be really, really nice. Yeah. So. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. That's that great. This would be nice in a milkshake. I've had, when I've been to the Yalaman Draft House, they do this amazing milkshake. We have booze in it. And they do one that's a, um, that is a uh, stout. It's uh, like a vanilla stout right, malt right. milkshake thing where they just like put a pint of stout in it and then like <laughs> milk and ice cream and oh that's so good this would work well with that oh yeah and, I uh, sent you the picture of the new AMC bio. oh yeah how was that by the way I, I haven't got it I just I was just like what oh, is I this you were there. no no oh, I, I walked see. by and I was just like they have a full freaking bar what is good and I guess maybe they're trying to work the Alamo draft house angle it makes because, sense. I mean, if it's good, you know, if it's decent, then it's more convenient. It's closer than that for, for, for us. Um, yeah, for sure. But it's it's quite expensive, though. I think I looked it up and it's pretty pricey. I mean, I say pricey. I mean, it's like, it's like the lowest end ticket. Like, the cheapest ticket is like 17 bucks or something, I think. Is it? Yeah. Jesus. Yeah. Why? Be- if you're not eating food. Does uh, it come with a burger if you get the ticket? No, 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 no. No, but like, these seats are like sofas. It's like sofa seats. Yeah, but like Richfield Park has that too, and it's yeah. just like freaking ten bucks. No, I know, I no, I know, but they've just had to build this. They've purposely built it, whereas oh, Richfield Park already wow. had that built in back before his name. See, when it was a star place, they didn't have to cover cost or anything, so they just inherited it. Uh, um, so I think it's, I think that's why. But yeah, it's expensive, and and they have to keep whether you buy a beer or food they still have to pay the wages of the people that work in the bar and the restaurant true so it's all the overheads yeah I guess so I guess so yeah well alright so um, then with Love Through the Millennium 2 what do we think is going on here let me go first and you think about it you (laughs) you know what you want to say yeah I think what's going on here is they're trying to set it up. I want to say almost like a Back to the Future kind of thing, mm. but with a spoiled kid and a chef. And what direction they're going to go in, I don't know. Will they prevent things happening in the future and changing things in the past? I don't know. But the kid, the grandkid, is come in, came into a whole lot of money. Mm. 
he'll probably learn humility because that's just going to have to happen. And my guess is the chef is going to be basically like Jet Li, just like taking down names and kicking ass and making souffles while he's doing it. That makes sense. Yeah. That's what I think is going on there. The young guy, the young guy in the modern world is probably going to end up opening a restaurant in Paris. Ah, that's a good imagine. one. Yeah. And he's going to find he has an actual flair for cooking or whatever. For cooking? For cocaine, for cooking. <laughs> oh, for cooking. Oh, so, yeah. Oh. Probably with the help of cocaine. <laughs> probably like with any the good help chef. Of okay. <laughs> okay, okay. Um, I think uh-huh. I think the building that they approached towards the end where he fought housed a bunch of sex slaves. Ah! I think that's. That seems only on natural. Um, <laughs> where else was sex I think it's Why obvious. would you need so many guys protecting it? Yes. Yeah. I think that's the case, and that's the, you know, the natural scenario on there. Sex place. Uh, yeah, sex place. Okay. Um, I think that's what it, it is. I think they ordered um, some catering for the sex slaves. Okay. For the, for the punters. Okay. Um, some catering and... Um, they didn't pay. Food or whatever. And as they ordered the food, they were like... One of the slaves had, had to order the food and maybe spelled out like, help, I am sex slave. <laughs> or... Like, I know why he was pissed, actually. Now that you bring up the sex slaves, I know exactly what happened. The sex slaves are all um, uh, uh, fans of the Goop website by, uh, what's her face? Gwyneth Paltrow. So those three green eggs went right into someone's hoo-ha. And so I think he's really upset because he was supposed to make deviled eggs out of that. And instead, someone's taking it, taking it to the jade eggs. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. 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 That's probably yeah. That makes sense. I think that's probably what's going on there. <laughs> I, um, I love that it makes sense. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, it always does. It, it does. <laughs> this is true. Yeah. You can't argue that. <laughs> then that's what happened there. Uh, okay. All right. Fair enough. And he ends up, you know, saving one of the sex slaves and marrying them, and then that ends up being the, you know, mother or grand or blah, 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 and, and then, and, you know, it ends up with whatever. Okay. Kind of like Indiana Jones in the Temple of Doom with the little kids in the mine, but sex slaves. Oh, okay. You know, where he saves yeah. them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. From sex slavery. Yeah, yeah. Like, that, well, that, that, I mean, he should have saved them for that sex slavery because that was like very much BDSM. Now I think about it, it's a good point. Why has nobody done... Porn parody of Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom, yeah. replacing all the child laborers with just midgets, female sex slaves, <laughs> Indian sex slaves trapped in a sex mine. <laughs> for all we know, there's Indy, thir- Indy. for all we know, there's thirty of those. <laughs> so, you know, I mean, it could be Indiana. I mean, Indiana Bones. I mean, uh, that's just. Yeah. I'm sure that's there. Yeah. So. If somebody knows of these, by all means, email us and let us know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but Oh, and I didn't mention it, but the reason why we chose sandwiches and wraps is because we're still following along with the NFL. We're doing like football watching friendly foods mm. in case you didn't catch on to that or you didn't hear a prior episode. So we're, since it's like week four of the NFL is done. Very football-y. We, my wife's uh, office does a football pool. Ah. Last week I was joint first. Have oh. the whole office in my picks because you know I'm very knowledgeable about these things. Uh, this week I was 48th ah. in the office, so <laughs> mm. 
It's a conspiracy. It they, is a conspiracy. They, they probably they probably like change your shit around because they're not having no limey tell them how to play football. Yeah, it? yeah. That's, I guess so. That's what it is. Too busy taking the bloody knee and not playing football, eh? <laughs> Am I right? Am I right? <laughs> hey. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> <laughs> well, all right, folks. Uh, that's that for episode number tw- 20. 20. Episode number 20. 20. Interesting. We're oh. getting there. We're getting yeah. there. All right, folks. Well, thanks again for listening. Uh, we had, once again, to recap, Love Through Millennium 2, episode 1 that we watched. And we had uh, a buffalo wrap and the Rocco sandwich from Bartolomeo Deli in Englewood, New Jersey. And our brew was Sweet Baby Jesus by Duke Claw Brewing from Baltimore, Maryland. So go ahead and if you're in the area, go to Bartolomeo. If you are in any beer store, you could probably pick up Duke Claw. I dare say they're probably all over the Northeast Coast. Yeah, I imagine so. And if you want to watch our show, it's on Netflix. So yeah, yeah. Well, that's it for us, and uh, we'll see you next time. Yeah, yeah. See ya. Bye. <laughs>